Good evening to all of you. Merry Christmas. Uh, my name is Cody Busby. I'm the senior pastor here at South Shore Baptist. And thank you so much for making us a part of your Christmas. Uh, you look great. You smell like sugar plums. And uh, you've made this place sweet tonight. Thank you for being here. This candle, I've got a problem with it. It is theologically incorrect. Now, I'm not a native New Englander. Uh, and so uh, I remember a few years ago, our first Christmas here, uh, all these candles start popping up in people's windows, and I'd not seen that before. It's, it's not a tradition that is found every place across our country. And so when I asked what this was all about, what these candles were for, I was told it was an old tradition that went way back before there was electricity, uh, and that people would place candles, they would light candles, and put them in their windows so that any family members who were away could find their way home easily in the dark. And I love that story, and I love this tradition. It's, it's a unique decoration. It's a beautiful seasonal decoration. Uh, but I find that so many people think of Jesus in the same way we think of these candles. We think of Jesus as a light in the darkness. He's far away, and there's all this dark around us, but we can just see a flicker of the light, and if we'll just follow that light, just walk towards it, that we'll, we'll get home eventually. But that's just not true. That's not who Jesus is. This candle is theologically incorrect. Now, in the Bible, in Luke chapter 1, uh, we find a Christmas song sung by a man named Zechariah. And Zechariah's song corrects our candlestick theology and gives us something so much better. And so I want to read to you just a few lines from Zechariah's song, just the last couple of lines. It's in chapter 1, and it's found in verses 78 and 79. And it reads like this. Because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us to shine on those who live in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Last lines of the song. Simple straightforward. And, and here in his closing words, Zechariah tells us a bit about ourselves, and he tells us a lot about God also. When he talks about us, what Zechariah does is he diagnoses our spiritual condition, and it is a grim diagnosis. Look at what he says in verse 79. He calls us, we are those people who live in darkness in the shadow of death. Spiritually speaking, Zechariah is saying every person who has walked the place of this earth, is in spiritual darkness living in the shadow of death. Now, not everyone in Zechariah's day would have agreed with that diagnosis. In fact, they wouldn't even have agreed about it regarding Zechariah. I mean, if anyone walked in the light, surely it was Zechariah. I mean, he is a high-ranking Jewish priest. He's a leader in his local synagogue and in his temple. He's an old man, and throughout the duration of his life, he's been devout and righteous. He's walked with Yahweh and, and been a significant contributor to the covenant community. He's a faithful husband, he's a good friend, he's a good man, and he's a leader of people. And so if anyone walks in the light, surely it would be Zechariah. And we might even use that same sort of mentality when diagnosing ourselves spiritually. You might say, Cody, it's, it's a little heavy. To say on Christmas Eve, I'm someone who lives in darkness, in the shadow of death. I mean, I just don't feel like that's really accurate. Now, you and I, we would, we would be smart enough to say, 
Uh, you know, I, I've got some shortcomings, and things aren't all perfect as I'd like for them to be, but I can't really say I live in a shadow of death. I mean, life's pretty good. It's Christmas. I've got family, friends with me, uh, great holiday season. I'm pretty content. Life is pretty good. But it doesn't take much for you and I to look at our lives or just live life, and we begin to see these experiences that confirm what Zechariah says here. Anytime you've been to a funeral, anytime the doctor's called with a devastating diagnosis, when you're losing a battle with addiction, or when we hear of injustice and violence at home and around the world. There's any number of things we could point to in our lives and in our world that tell us darkness is here. Something is wrong. Darkness abounds. Zechariah's song has this really heavy note in it. But it's not a song of bad news. He gives us this diagnosis as he talks about ourselves, about us, but the highlight of Zechariah's song is not what he says about us, but what he says about God. And he gives us some incredible insight into what God is like. Look at what he says about God at the beginning of verse 78. He says, because of our God's merciful compassion or his tender mercies. Look, Zechariah, when he talks about God here, he begins with God's character before he talks about God's actions. What kind of God is he? He's a God of merciful compassion. He's not indifferent to our plight. He doesn't turn a blind eye to our suffering or to the problems that our sin creates. He's not a God who just folds his arms in disgust at all of our failures. He is a merciful, compassionate God. God's automatic bend towards you, his fundamental posture towards you is love. That can be hard to believe sometimes. Perhaps you define yourself by your failures. By all the things you've done wrong, the good things you haven't done, the bad things you have done. And some people grow up in religious systems that heap guilt upon guilt upon its practitioners. And so you might have a view of God as the cranky old man in the sky who's just perpetually put out with you because you're such a failure. So I want you to believe Zechariah's song tonight. God loves you you. He is a God of merciful compassion. And he tells us that God of merciful compassion, because of his compassion, the dawn from on high will visit us. This is beautiful, poetic language, the dawn from on high. Who is the dawn from on high? Well, that's God. And in what way does God visit us? That's Jesus. Jesus is God who has come to us. He is God the Son. Jesus is not the man God chose. Jesus is not the man who became God. Nor is he more than a man and less than a God. He is the dawn from on high. To say he's from on high is to speak of his divinity. He is holy other than us. He's not of this place He was a visitor to this place. He transcends this creation. And he is the dawn from on high that has come to visit us. He's not a candle in the window in the dark. He is the rising sun 
who comes in love and pierces the darkness, eradicates it altogether, and guides our feet into paths of peace. He fixes our candlestick theology. Now, how is it that Jesus eradicates the darkness? Well, he does this by dying in our place for our sin. This poetic language has a historical manifestation. Jesus really lived and he really died. And his death was not an accident. Uh, It wasn't something that required an explanation after the fact. It was the plan all along that God the Son would enter creation and he would die on the cross in our place for our sin. He took all our darkness and in exchange he gives us all of his light. There's this inseparable link between Christmas and Easter, between Bethlehem and Golgotha. God showed his love for the world in this way, that he gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Now, if you and I were to sing Zechariah's song today, we'd have to change up the lyrics a little bit. When Zechariah sang it, he sang it in future tense. He's saying, the dawn from on high will visit us. But if you and I were to sing today, we would change it to past tense. We would sing, the dawn from on high has visited us. And with his arrival comes an invitation to embrace him and to leave behind our darkness With Jesus as your Savior, you go from chaos to peace, from darkness to light, from death to life everlasting. Now, when you drive home tonight, it doesn't matter which direction you go from this church, uh, you're going to pass homes with candles in the window. Our house has one less candle in the window. Nonetheless, you will see many of these candles in the windows as you drive home. And I love them. I think they're beautiful. I think they're a special decoration and a meaningful tradition. But you and I will know that they are theologically insufficient. There's a better picture at play for us in understanding Christmas. Tomorrow morning, I looked it up, at 7.11 a.m., the rising sun is going to break over the eastern horizon and darkness will be no more and the world will be bathed in light. Every sunrise is a reminder of the glory of Christmas that the dawn from on high has come to us. So let us embrace him and leave our darkness behind and walk in the way of peace. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, this is a wonder that you came below to raise us above. You were born like us, so that we might become like you. And this is love, that we cannot come to you, but you came to us. And this is power, that when God and man were infinitely apart, you brought us together in indestructible unity. So God, make us like Zechariah tonight, that we would hear the good news of great joy, and hearing it, we would believe and rejoice and praise and adore you. Let our faith in you be the evidence that the dawn from on high has shown in our lives. Lead us in the way of peace so that we would adore you by our lips and our lives. Let every breath be praise, every step be full of delight as we see hell's gates closed and heaven's portal open until the day we see you face to face in that place where night is no more. All glory and honor and praise is yours. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.